Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, guys. Everybody's here. It is the last day of March, and it is pre-Friday, which means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I'm Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing this fine morning? I'm doing good. Uh, I, I feel like it takes me three days to recover from the weekend, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like uh, when I was in my 20s, but for different reasons now. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, uh, I'm still recovering <laughs> from this weekend because I was acting like I was in my 20s this past weekend. So luckily, feeling much better and uh, getting close to the weekend. Hopefully I can do some stuff outdoors this weekend. It's weather's going to be pretty cruddy to keep uh, going forward here, but we're inching our way to May. And getting excited for that, but let's say hello to some people in the chat. That's what we're the, that's what this is all about. Talking with you guys, hanging out with you guys. Luke Wright coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Have you seen Russ and Russell Wilson's new video on YouTube? It's dope. Everyone is hanging out. Even my boy Garrett Bowles is there playing pickleball. LOL. Yeah, I have seen it. I also want to give a shout out to a fellow Seattleite, a friend of mine, Marcus Boggs. There's that video of Russell Wilson, a edit of Russell Wilson in a Broncos uniform he made back in. October 2021 was in the background of the video. I'm like, oh, he's like, oh my gosh, I made that video. So congrats, Boggs. He was one of the first ones on like hyping the train there. So uh, yes, I did see it. It's really fun. I mean, gosh, the the energy in Denver has changed. Broncos country has changed. Dove Valley expectations have changed. And this is a team, a franchise that I think this is one of the big reasons that Russell Wilson wanted to come here. And one of the things that Peyton Manning sold, sold him on. This team knows what they need to do when they have the guy. They haven't had the guy, but now that they do, everyone gets in line and they're all going to be pulling the same direction with you as the leader. Maybe Seattle didn't really know how to behave with that guy. Maybe they got a little bit uh, long in the tooth, but Denver is jumping at the opportunity. I think everybody's excited about it now. And for, let's ride, man. Let's go. I mean, it's really, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, you know, yeah. no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take shots at the Seattle Seahawks. You know, it's not easy winning a Super Bowl, especially in the Tom Brady era. They did a, a lot of good things. We're a play away from back-to-back Super Bowl champions. There's a lot of teams that never win one, let alone yeah. uh, you know have a chance to get two of them in there. So I think they just uh, you know they they had their window, and then then it's tough. It's tough to keep to to keep coming back. And the way the NFL is set up, it's built to tear you down. That's why what the Patriots yeah. have done is is have done was so impressive over such a long time because. They put you, you lose your guys in free agency in the salary with a salary cap. You get lower draft picks all the time. So it's set up to keep cycling through like that. And uh, the, the Seahawks had their run. They did. No, no doubt about that. Yeah, they definitely had their run and built on a rookie quarterback contract uh, a lot with Russell Wilson. But, you know, let's see how we can get it with Denver here. I think this is a better roster than he's had in a long time. But we're fixing to find out the AFC West is going to be a gauntlet and the NFC West also the who the AFC West is match up with this season is the best in the NFC as well. So it'll be 
this is going to be a heck of a season. Uh, this is going to be some teams that are pretty talented that are going to finish below 500 in the AFC West, probably. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. Biggie Bronco, good morning, everybody. Everybody's having a good, hope everybody's having a good morning. I am now. Thanks, Biggie. Good to see you. Sean Burns in the house. Good morning. Good morning from US Dave. Don't know this one. Uh, Flo Ochocinco, good morning from Germany. Uh, I don't know German. I wish I did. I don't. Sie sprechen Sie Deutsch. Guten Tag on that one. Guten Tag. Yes, that, I think that's the that's hello. I don't know if is that good morning. Is Guten Tag good morning? I don't or know. Is that just I doubt it's good morning, but it's a it's a greeting of some sorts. I like okay. Aloha. All right, Aloha is good. Yeah, Aloha is good. Or one of my they, in England, they use f off like they use Aloha. Hello, goodbye, yeah. thank you, enough. All of it. It's it's amazing. <laughs> they use some other words as well. That uh, man, God bless them. Got to love the Brits. EJ coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Speaking of the Brits, uh, Ethan coming in across the pond. Good morning, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Always great to hang out. Jeremy Sean's in the house. Uh, Brian Dunn. We got uh, Dave Glassman saying RCJH. Okay, you got to help me here, Scott. RC, right crew joins hands. Nailed, <laughs> nailed it. We did it. Smack my head. Control Jellahopter. Jellahopter. That's a new one for me. Brad. Brad is in the house. Good morning from Montana. Good to see you, Brad. Broncos Sunshine, formerly Broncos 17-0, formerly Broncos number one in the draft. What a day. Pinch me. Russ is still our quarterback. It's a good day. Absolutely. Dave Glassman says 61 seconds is all it takes for a nine-to-five man to be more They're, than they're one talking minute. about us being late. I was uh, I was referring to every morning I have my volume and I turn my volume down. And every time I do that, I'm reminded of the movie Boiler Room. If Jeremy's in here, I'm sure he knows where they're in the restaurant scene where the guy turns around and says, you're at a 10. We could use you at about a five like that. So I think of that. And I, I told Nick the rest of that that uh, that scene, which is one of my favorite scenes of all time. And uh, so if you've seen it, check it out. Yeah, I Scott's got all these movie recommendations for me. But uh, <laughs> Rob coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott, my favorite MHH team. Thank you so much. I listen every morning while driving to work. Well, hopefully you're not commenting while driving. You're at a stoplight or about to get in the car, but uh, we appreciate you, Rob. That's really nice of you to say. Um, do we have a new Chad and Zach running late? We were, we were late. Minutes. We were we were a couple minutes late. We were yeah. we always well. They go late too, so we were just a few minutes late. Jeez, I, I feel like Chad and Zach are typically like fifteen to twenty minutes late. Um, Going and, back into well, I think their new starting time is a quarter after. So yeah. I, I, a year ago, I started their starting time was 10 after. Now I think of it as a quarter after. So if it's yeah. 8 15 my time, that's kind of start time. Yeah. Um, Shane coming with some stars saying, uh, Good morning, fellas. What are your opinions on Noah Fant's comments about Denver's offense, defense, and Shermer? Um, big stars coming from Shane. Just a reminder today is the last day to reach our goal. I think we're at 86%, which means we need about 30,000 stars, I think, for the day in, with two shows to come. So definitely possible. I've seen us do more than that in a day without a doubt. So uh, we are getting close. But just a reminder, we've got uh, Broncos for breakfast. And then what's today? Thursday, the Huddle Up pod as well. Opinions on no offense, comments about Denver's offense and Shermer. Um, I'm sure he was frustrated. Uh, you know, talking, you know, he got a lot of praise last night on the, the Huddle Up pod about uh, wanted to come back and, and mention Drew Locke, how he didn't say anything about Denver when he was left. I'm like, well, there's a difference between doing a radio interview with a Denver radio station and putting a post-it note on Twitter, you know? So um, I, uh, I, I, his comments though, about love in Denver, that kind of stuff. Did you, did you hear anything in there that surprised you, Nick? Uh, nothing really surprised me. I guess I was a little disappointed to hear the bad talk on the way out. 
And uh, I feel like I like Noah Fant as a player, but also I think there needs to be a little bit of inward introspection as well, because buddy, you are a tight end. And if, Sometimes, especially Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton on the outside of you, somebody has to be a middle of the field option weapon to break some tackles after the catch. And at 6'5", 250 with your athleticism, you would think that you'd be able to do that sometimes. And he consistently uh, was taken down way earlier than he should have. Couldn't break tackles in the open field, even though one of his best plays in his career was doing that against Cleveland. Now, I know he dealt with injuries last year. I know that I've heard from multiple people the death of his mother prior to the season kicking off really impacted him this season. So I'm willing to give him a, a break here, but and you can be frustrated as well, but you also got to go out there and do the best you can in your performance. And not saying that he didn't do the best he could, but I would say that he left me overall wanting given the opportunities that he had. It, the when we're talking about running backs, we talk about balance and, and just mm -hmm. you know in in general, you can't measure it, but you can see it. Guys that go down at first contact lack balance. Mm -hmm. The guys that you see get hit and just kind of stay upright and slide over while the, the 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 tacklers are sliding off of them. Those are the guys that have balance. So I wonder a little bit about Noah Fant's balance and his inability to break a tackle. As far as mm -hmm. what he had to say, I'm not too disappointed with it. I, I don't really given the benefit of the doubt because the coaching staff that he was complaining about was gone. You know, yeah. when they're, they're gone, it's almost like playing to the crowd. It's like, Oh yeah. I didn't like Shermer either. <sighs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you got a new guys. It was bad. Hey, yeah. That's what we want to hear. We're going to be so much better. So I don't worry too much about that because those guys are gone. If you dump on your former employer, because in a sense, his former employer is gone. You know, his, his bosses are gone, too. They got fired. So he's almost having a seat. You know, you're better off without him moment, which in a sense is playing to the crowd, which, you know, I can, I can get behind a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Travis in the house. Morning, fellas, listening to the show. No stars for a little while, but I'm here. Denver Broncos for life. It's all good. Although we're not going to get to the star goal with that attitude, Travis. No, it's okay. No. Uh, <laughs> Next teasing. teasing. Next teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, Jesse coming in again. Good morning, Jesse. Good to see you. Morning, y'all. Is there anyone else concerned that an 11 and six AFC West team could actually not make the playoffs? AFC West is going to be crazy. Definitely possible. Definitely possible. The AFC South has two teams that are very good. Uh, if you look at the pro football focuses, uh, improvement index, the team that improved the second most this season was the Indianapolis Colts going from Carson Wentz to Matt, uh, Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan, I think is going to be an excellent fit. Uh, for that team, the actually the Colts with Carson Wentz, they had to become a shotgun RPO offense because that's what Wentz is most comfortable with. Hats off to Frank Reich for doing that. But I think that offense is built to be much more under center play action with Jonathan Taylor and peeling off of that with a smart quarterback getting in and out of the right run checks. Enter Matt Ryan. I mean, it's, it's a perfect fit. So AFC South is two. AFC North has three, two, three. If you put an asterisk next to the Browns and the AFC West. So. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be real tough. Would you would you take eleven and six right now, or would you consider that a disappointment? Oh, I'd take eleven and six. I think eleven so, and six is right. On that note, you go eleven and six and say I'm happy. Let the let everything else fall where it may. As long as you don't lose to you know the New York Jets in the last week of the season and choke on it. Yeah. You know, if you're finishing and your your final games with the Chiefs and you beat the Chiefs, but the Raiders beat the Chargers and those two needed to win or they tie and those guys go, you're okay. Uh, I kind of liken it back to the 2004 Auburn Tigers. <clears throat> I went to Auburn. I'd been complaining about not wanting a playoff in that format forever. So what happens? My team goes undefeated and gets left out naturally. Yeah. Um, and people are like, you know, were you upset? I'm like, no, I'm not upset. We won every freaking game. 
Same thing in '93. We won every game. What what am I here to watch? You know, I'm, I'm if they're winning every game, I'm happy. So if you say 11 and six, and it doesn't fall the way you want it to, you know, it's it's still there's some there, it's it's bittersweet. But you got to watch four plus months of really good football, which is a uh, for me, for me is more important than a one week playoff. Uh, you know, a single elimination tournament. I'm I'm in it for the long haul. You know, mm-hmm. not just. For college basketball, I might tune in Saturday and watch Duke and North Carolina, but that's all I care about. That's this might be the only game I watch all year. Football, we're watching every week. I want a good product every week, and I think we are there. Speaking of helping us make a good product, Bronco Sunrise coming in saying, Sunrise, it's a new day. Thank you so much for the for the $20 super. I love it when you see that orange flashing on there. We appreciate you a lot. We got Ooh, Stone Cold. Matches the screen. Matches the screen. It does. Bronco's sunrise. That's how you know uh, what is the joke. Uh, not a joke, but the saying. Yeah, God's a sunrise because sun or uh, God is a Bronco fan because sunrises and sunsets are navy and orange. So uh, see gotta love it. Yeah, we we, we share similar colors. So God's got to be an Auburn fan because the sky <laughs> is blue and the sun is orange. Exactly. That's uh, I don't know about Auburn though, but <laughs> for sure uh, we got Stone Cold <laughs> Tim coming in. Morning Bronco. Morning, fellows. Broncos country. Good to see you. Edward is in the house, too. Good morning, Broncos country. Me, Jacob let me, Foster. Uh, let me hit some of my stars, folks, here. You got one of them there. Jacob coming in. The silent one, always big with the help, for sure. Thank you, Jacob. When uh, when I said, we got a, we got a chance to make this, because Jacob and Mark S. and Dave Glassman mm-hmm. and Shane are be here in the morning. So I know uh, I know our YouTube folks, uh, a lot of them are, are evening, but our Facebook guys come in strong. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we've got Ethan and uh, Broncos Sunrise and... And Bobby coming in. So yeah. basically, this show pulls its weight. Thanks yeah. to y'all, for thanks sure. To you we, guys. we pull our weight um, because of y'all. Uh, he comes in with some stars, and he also has to say, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I'm not sure how Nick feels about that, if he's a Kansas basketball guy, if he really even cares. Yeah, I don't. Uh, once the Hawkeyes were out, I'm like, okay, tournament's over. I guess I'm not pulling for Duke. Uh, that's I'm an anti-Duke fan more than anything. <laughs> but um so that's that's where I stand on the tournament. Is that Saturday? That I'll I'll watch that game. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Kansas and Villanova, the other my, side. My wife went to Duke, and she's got a family full of Gator grads, and she grew up mm. in Orlando. Her mom went to Gator Florida Law School and everything like that. And we met in the '90s, and I said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you're gonna have to pick one. You can't be a Duke basketball fan and a Florida football fan while we're together. Pick one. I don't care which, you know." And then Billy Donovan rips off like three straight championships or something. I'm like, "I'll take yeah. Florida. I'll take yeah. Florida." Travis coming with some stars too. <clears throat> so good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Obviously, having Wilson at quarterback is a strength of the offense. Weakness is still O line, particularly mm-hmm. right tackle and center, maybe right guard. Well, that's sixty percent of your line there, Travis. But hopefully, adding Turner and Reisner will progress from last season, which again, having a quarterback helps all of that. Thoughts, Nick? Yeah. How do you feel about the offensive line being a weakness still? Weakness is relative. Um, for me, a weakness is something you can attack and exploit. Um, so it's all relative. I don't think it's a weakness. It just might not be the strongest unit. That just means the rest of your team is in pretty good shape. So if the weakest part of your team is average, you're going to be pretty good. You're going to be pretty good. Yeah, and we have a computer cowboy, Ben Baldwin, uh, has been doing a lot of uh, simulation stuff, taking data from our lads and football outsiders and pro football focus for pass blocking specifically. Not run blocking, but pass blocking and using it to help project what the offensive line is going to be like this season. And first, Mark Schrader, how you doing, Mark? Good, Good to morning, see you. Mark. Hope you're doing well down there in the, the state of Texas. Um, but the Broncos offensive line, I think I'll push back a little bit uh, about the offensive line being 
a weakness. And this is, this is about relativity. Mm -hmm. Um, The offensive line for the Broncos is not, I don't think it's a six as this is projected here um, being the six best offensive line in football. And this is the one that is weighted for uh, the, the positions as well, as you can see tackle center and guard, and they have tackle being more valuable. So the Broncos actually take a dip here with the tackle. I do disagree a bit with uh, the center. They have Lloyd Cushenberry's uh, pass protection being uh, higher than I believe it's probably should be based on the tape, but still, I think the Broncos probably have a top 12 to 10 offensive line. And as long as you're not bottom 10, you should be able to function if your offensive line or if your weapons and your quarterback are good enough. I think the Broncos weapons and quarterback are good enough. So uh, that's definitely I, I, do I want a better right tackle option? Yes, but you have so much depth and options that the uh, the team isn't going to fall apart because of the offensive line this season. I think you, the very high floor. Um, sorry, I was I thought I had this right. You know, I'm following along with the chat, and and Peter Middleton comes in with some stars that so definitely need a right tackle, a guard, and maybe even a center in the draft. Um, yes, <laughs> definitely need a right tackle, and then some depth. I think you're okay at guard. Or at least I, I feel pretty good about the competition there. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully Miners takes that leap up that we think he can based on being a Denver Bronco for a full five months leading into into the season instead of, you know, a couple of weeks. And he knows where he is going to be um be playing. Again, we, we've gone yeah. through this before. I won't rehash everything, but rookies are preparing to be draft picks, not preparing to be Denver Broncos. Yeah. And a lot of that has nothing to do with football. So that he can just be a, a football, get his uh, his masters in playing right guard. Uh, February, March, April, May, June, July, and August means come September. He's we're hopefully going to see that leap. Uh, what I was talking about though, is I saw Mark Schrader come in here with good morning and I was on my timeline on the right here where I was like, you know, Mark, Mark will probably go. And then he came in and I was like, wait a minute, I didn't get Mark as due. And I'm like, no, I didn't miss it. He just came in with the double. Uh, where where are you here? With the double exclamation points and the huge stars. So, oh, wow. Mark, good morning. Yeah. And, and thank you very much. Thank you very much. When they when, when we reach goal tonight, I'm going to make sure that they say Mark Schrader, Jacob Foster, Shane Daniels, and everybody that's such a big part of Broncos for breakfast. Yeah, that's big time. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, we also have a few more other good mornings coming in here. Trevor Sandal. Good morning, fellas in Broncos country. Uh, Benjamin Flores. Awesome. Always awesome to see you. Good morning, fellas. Go Broncos. Andrew Morrow's in the house, too. Good morning. And Wyatt Horning. Uh, Nova basketball is where it's at, Nick. Nick, I love my Hawks, but Nova comes first. Oh, Wyatt, you're hurting me now. I saw where Fant said about the Broncos again. I'm sure it's just smoke, but I want him in blue and orange again. Yeah, I mean, who knows what it's going to be, what Noah's Fant's career is going to be. But, again, I just have a – he went out there and played, but you – offense, if you watch what's – one of the, what's one of your more fun offenses in the NFL for the tight end, Scott, in your opinion? I mean, Chiefs, San Francisco. Um, San Francisco's the one. Anybody that for. anybody that Brady's throwing to, yeah, <laughs> that's that's very true. Well, San Francisco, they do a great job, and credit to Kyle Shanahan for this, but also you know Jimmy G and uh, George uh, George Kittle. But they do a lot of quick passing too, where the whole point is to get your playmakers in space in a one on one situation where you make one guy miss, and then a big play can happen. And from my what I could see watching the Broncos. There was a lot of opportunity last year for Noah Fant in a one-on-one situation against a cornerback or a safety. And if you make that one guy miss, it's off to the races, explosive play. And by God, he never did it. Like it just didn't happen. I know he was dealing with an ankle injury, but again, you are a first round pick of the tight end. I I would have to imagine his 
broken tackles over expected had to be close to the bottom in the entire NFL uh, last season. So do you want to be utilized more down the field? Sure. I was at the Iowa Minnesota game back in 2018 where he caught a 50 yard sail route uh, for a touchdown and then rode the boat uh, right in front of a Minnesota's band. That was awesome. Shout out to Noah fan on that one, but you're a tight end. You know, you're not going to be utilized as a Will Fuller type or a Deshaun Jackson. There'll be some seam routes and maybe you want some more, but if you're getting one-on-one opportunities to make plays after the catch, you should take advantage of them. And I didn't feel like uh, he did as much as he should. Now, some of that is a quarterback, some of that not getting in there in time, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think there was meat on the bone and to be like, oh, I didn't get used the way I wanted to. I don't know. I just maybe do better in the role that you had because you're a tight end, not a you know four, three wide receiver. <laughs> uh, and, and frankly, <clears throat> it's kind of like being the coach's kid. We are much harder on our own. So Nick feels a little disappointment that his Iowa Hawkeye is not being awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking of being awesome, I wish I could share that the, the folks that we got 41 watching on Facebook right now. So y'all get to see this on your side of things. And I wish there was a way I could show you on here other than, you know, just hyping it up because when someone comes in with, I'm um, let me count the zeros here. One, two, three, four, 10,000 stars. Holy like Michael Ranquillo, <laughs> Ranquillo just did. My screen flashes bang on my on my Facebook feed. So it's it's really cool. Um, and you're watching. So, you know, Peter Middleton, who got to watch, you know, uh, and, and Mark Schrader uh, getting to see that, you know, you, you, you got to see it. So, you know what Michael Ranquillo just did for the show. We know what Michael Ranquillo wants to do, did for the show. And we want everybody that is watching and listening after the fact to know what Michael Ranquillo just did for the show. Michael, wow. you're awesome. Thank you so much. Um, you're a big reason we're here. So, uh, appreciate you for sure. So going back to, uh, to Fant again, let me put a bow on this. There's some disappointment there for sure. Um, I've said, I want to see him get used in, you know, you don't want him running stops. You don't want him running hooks. You don't want him running, you know, speed outs. I want him in the seam. I want to hit him on drags where he's already going full speed and I hit him in stride. Good yep. luck. Good luck trying to catch him. I don't want him stopping and starting. Yeah. Speaking no, of uh, stopping and starting, that was my voice that was deciding to stop. We'll see if we can't get it cranked up again here. I think it's the couple, whatever it, the particles of air measurement is for, for dust and particulates or whatever. It's at like 100% solid from the pollen down here in, uh, in Georgia right now. That time of year, that time of year for sure. Shandy Bracey saying, hit the like button, folks. Support our guys in any way. Glad to catch you live, guys live. Thanks again, Shandy. And also, yeah, make sure you guys are hitting the like button up here. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share on YouTube if you're watching us there. Uh, we really appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, now let's keep and, it going, Jacob and, Foster. And Jacob again with... and Michael are going to take it upon themselves to make sure we hit that goal before we even get done, before we get yeah. done with this show. So everything else will just be gravy for the for the boys tonight. Yeah, let's get it done tonight. Yeah, heck yeah. You said tonight. Uh, you kept saying tonight. I'm like, hey, we could do it this morning. You never know. Carolina Lynn's in the house too. C. Beeston is in the house. Uh, I did want to flash Andrew Morrow. Not like, woo, but because uh, I said him earlier, but I didn't show him on the screen. So shout out to Andrew Morrow. Good to see you. I'm, I'm rubbing Dom the wrong way this morning too. Good morning, fellas. How do you guys feel about the tackle from Green Bay? Also, he says, uh, let's go Devils. Here comes Duke. I have a friend who's a big Blue Devil fan too. And uh, I always thought the Carolina Blue was just much much prettier uh, and also the Argyle. I mean, whew, there's a hard to beat that. So uh, I always, I preferred North Carolina, but I, I respect Duke and coach K and the Cameron crazies too. I got to say, that's a, 
talk about a brand. I mean, that's, that's incredible. So, uh, we'll see, um, his question about how do I feel about Billy Turner? I'm excited about Billy Turner for multiple reasons, but it's just because you have such an overwhelming tossing of assets at the right tackle position that your floor, again, it's not about the ceiling for me on the offensive line. It's great to have a good ceiling, but the floor is super high because you have multiple options there. And I'm guessing they're still going to bring in a guy in the draft as well. But Calvin Anderson has improved every year. I think he's better at left tackle than right, but he's going to get a shot. Uh, Tom Compton, I didn't think was terrible there last year. He got killed by uh, Rashawn Gary and Von Miller. Those are two of the top eight edge rushers in football right now. You're probably going to have to help every single tackle, not named Lane Johnson or Tristan Wirfs on the right side against those kind of guys. So again, it's like trying, Oh, I can't, we can't find a linebacker to cover Travis Kelsey. Do you see that guy around? Cause I sure as hell don't, it doesn't exist. Um, so th that's kind of the thing with the right tackle there. You're gonna have to help them pretty much no matter what, but I like Billy Turner. He's healthy. He's competent and he's versatile. Um, if you get a right tackle in the draft, that looks great and is playing well. And you want to get him reps early. Guess what? Billy Turner can go to a swing. He can go to left guard. He can go to right guard. So you have multiple avenues and configurations of the offensive line that you can put out there. That means that if you have to deal with injuries or somebody steps up or somebody uh, doesn't step up, you can go different routes to really, really improve the offensive line. You're not just stuck with what you have uh, going week one with your how it's lined up. Yep, and uh, just coming back through the chat here a little bit, want to say good morning to Miguel, and also want to say hello to Logan Davis. Logan, we got to listen. We have to listen if we're going to get on me for something. Like I said, I don't, I get, I get, I get enough crap for things I say. I don't like getting it for things I don't. It was Auburn. Auburn went undefeated, not LSU. And college is different. At the time, there were only two teams that got selected, and it was a beauty pageant, not a win it on the field type of thing. So if someone says, if my team goes out and wins every freaking game and isn't picked because they've got two, that's basically a tryout. That's not in your control. What is in your control? Winning every game you play. If my team wins every game they're playing, I'll be all right. That's why I watch. If they didn't make it for some reason, now that is impossible. So we said 11 and 6. 11 and 6 is very different than going 17 and 0, Logan. And it's NFL versus college. Apples, oranges, Auburn, LSU, Tigers of different stripes. Where are we going? Okay, no, Stone Cold coming in here, teasing me here. Nick, you like North Carolina? I don't, I like North Carolina's uniforms. I also was a big, uh, when I was younger, watched the Bulls a lot when they were the dynasty team. That's some of my first sports memories. So I said, uh, I did like Jordan, and because of that, the North Carolina Tar Heel Blue. Um, but you also support the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, I do. Um, all about the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, Killing me, Smalls. I, Hawkeyes, Broncos, St. Louis Cardinals. After that, don't really care. I mean, it's don't have enough time. Hockey, I guess go Kraken, Blues, I, I, whatever. Avalanche, if that makes you guys feel better. But uh, let's get it in here. Shane Daniels saying, let's ride Broncos country. I'm sure with the stars coming in here yeah, supporting us. There you go. And Travis as well. Amazing stars, Broncos country. I gave what I could till tonight. Give it to us, Travis. Don't save it for tonight. We're, come on. No, I'm just kidding. Come on, Travis. Don't make me beg. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank you so much, Travis. We support you, and we uh, hope you're doing well. So we want to yeah. start going through the topic now that we're 30 minutes into the show. Yeah, that's kind of how it's been going for us, right? It's just like oh, saying hello to everybody and how the the, uh, the chat dictates us. I'll say, let's say hello to uh, Ashton first as well. Good morning to you, Ashton. Awesome to see you. Uh, Broncos, we're going to be grading the offense uh, today, and we're going to break it down by positional group. The only one where we're going to kind of clump them together will be the interior offensive line. Where we're going to put center and guard together, but 
Other than that, though, you know, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, running back, offensive tackle, interior offensive line. Uh, so let's get it going here, Scott. I think that uh, we should jump in on the offensive line first, just because we'll save the uh, the best and most important for last. And we'll go with tackling. Uh, how do you want to grade this? Do you want to do letter grades or you want to rank it out of 10? Uh, how does that how do you feel? Oh, uh, we could go 10 and then convert it to a letter grade. Okay. Out of 10. Okay. Sounds you know good. I mean? That's kind of how it works. You know, anything between seven and eight would be a C eight and nine would be a B nine and 10 would be an A for sure. And below that. And you're in trouble. Yeah. You're no, in trouble. Absolutely. So, um, you know, do we put the two tackles together? Or do you grade them separately? I mean, it, I think I guess, you should put them together. I think you do put them together. And right yeah. now I feel like we're about a C plus, honestly, you know, like a 78, you know, if I'm looking at Madden and I'm looking at my scores and I average them together, I'm like, you know, that's about a, to me, that's about a 77, 78 yeah. because you've got competency, but not greatness on the left side. And competency is good. You can get by with that. And then you've got yeah. average at best on the right side. So a little bit plus on the left side, a little bit better than average. So 83, mm. you know, 84, a low B for the way yeah. uh, Garrett Bowles is playing, but you could get better than that especially as the as the uh, quarterback play changes, as the scheme changes, as the players next to him improve, behind mm -hmm. him improve, uh, he could be better than that. On the right side, I think it's still a little bit more of a question mark. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think you're looking at the 75 range. You're looking at just a, a solid C right there. So to combine them both, and I'm talking about C plus, or as Peter, Peter says, you know, uh, B minus. It's, it's right there in the same same atmosphere for me. Yeah, I'm going to give him a B minus myself. And this is also, it's not just the starters, it's the depth. And that raises the group up a lot as well, because you can withstand injuries. injuries. And yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. and it's so important. Uh, cannot overstate how important the depth is going to be on the offensive line this year, because the units that they, when they fall apart, it's going to, I mean, Broncos fans, you know, it's when Broncos have an injury at right tackle and you go to Michael Schofield and you single-handedly lose a game because Khalil Mack has four sacks against him. Broncos should be able to withstand injuries and different uh, assortments of their line of line of scrimmage this year because of the depth they have at tackle for this season. It's a long-term need. I'm going to be screaming that at the draft because uh, I think edge is the biggest immediate need, but offensive tackle Garrett Bowles, contract, the way it's set up, you're you have him for two more years, but if his plays dips, you're probably going to want to move on from him two years from now, $16 million saved only 4 million dead cap to move on from him before 2024. That's something to consider. There's a reason they probably haven't touched his contract yet because they want to see what he looks like to have that flexibility to move on if he does drop in play. And then after that, the right tackle, all three of them are on one-year contracts. So it's definitely a long-term need. But this year, I'm going to give him a B-. Uh, and I think that's probably... That might be the highest-graded offensive tackle group in the AFC West uh, because the right tackles in the AFC West are abysmal. They're absolutely freaking terrible. Lucas Niang has not looked good for the Chiefs. And that doesn't even, mean you're good. You know, you, it, we're not grading on a curve here. You kind of are grading on a curve, though, oh, because we're, we're not. Okay. We're, we're, we're not grading on a curve. This isn't by comparison because the right tackles don't play each other. You I know? just want to so make everybody feel Your right tackle better. isn't good enough. Your right tackle's not good enough. It doesn't make him better just because the other ones are worse. Now, if, if it doesn't mean that you're not going to get killed in that spot. So it's we're not grading compared to other right tackle positions. We're grading on the competency of our position to face other edge rushers. Well, I just wanted everyone to feel a little bit better because everybody's like, oh, all right, tackle, all right, tackle. I'm like, have you seen these other guys? We we're might okay. stink, but we're going to kill their quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Well, maybe because our edge rushers are concerning, but uh, that's that's a different conversation. It's kind of like, you know, it's a couple of comments here real quick. I want to get to um, 
Stone Cold Tim on Twitch saying competition is good, but not not excited about that. And I get that, you know, the phrase, the old quarterback phrase, if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have one, you know, right now you don't have one right tackle. You got some guys you'd love to have a right tackle with some depth instead of competition. You'd you'd love to be in that situation. And then I want to hit on on Joey's comment right here because we can do this. We can. So remember this comment, Nick, because we can do this, Mm -hmm. though. I think we would have to probably force the trade because the PFN simulator does not value players in trades. I added, I just for the heck of it threw in Kyle Pitts as a trade and I couldn't get a first in like anything else after for that for Kyle Pitts. I'm like, okay, you're nuts. So we yeah. might have to figure out what we think he'd actually be worth and then maybe force the trade because uh, PFN under, under uh, values that. But we can, I think we can do this. We can, we can, we can do this next week. Um, yeah. Throw Jerry Judy in a trade to Green Bay and, and see what we can get back. So yeah, it's a good idea. Seems like the team to watch out for uh, for a a potential wide receiver trade would be the Jets uh, with one of their early day, uh, one of their early round two picks. I think they have two in the top uh, eight, and those are picks that they are looking to move on from for a potential wide receiver. Uh, The names that have been mentioned have been Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown and somebody else. Wide receivers who are about to get paid um, and those teams might not be interested in paying them. But uh, maybe there's a Judy to the Jets fit as well. Who knows? I mean, he did moss them in that game. Maybe that left an impression on their team, but I'd uh, avoid that one. I'd sit out my year. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 the, I mean, as much, I mean, I'm in Atlanta for God's sakes and the jets are a dumpster fire. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't think it's going to happen. You're selling low on Judy in that case. Maybe he plays great this year and you're saying, I can't imagine. And then also after three years out of the league, he can get a contract. Maybe he would even hold out uh, for a new contract. And then you kind of say, Oh, we like you, Judy. We don't want to pay your market resetting t- our top 10 money, especially because we just kicked the guarantees down the road on Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, making it us less flexibility in the future to pay wide receivers. So, you know, we'll worry about that when we co- when we come to it. I don't think it's right now, though. Um, XOXO, Mr. X and Dr. Science. Man, yeah, I don't know a- if you've changed your YouTube name because I'd remember this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's Appreciate that's the super and- sticker, sir. Thank you for joining the show. If you are new or if you are just a changed name, we're glad you're here regardless. So thank you very much. Also a let's ride as well. So uh, thank you so much. I like the name. Um, well, yeah, let's keep it going here. I think the offensive offensive tackles though, I'd give them a B minus um, just cause the floor is so high. C plus is probably right around the area, but uh, I think it's going to be fine and that's okay. That's, that's uh it's more than okay. Uh, into your offensive line. Now I'm going to give them a solid B. I'm not a big fan of, Lloyd Cushenberry is starting there, but you have depth in so many options in different areas that you can go this year that you're going to be cutting. Probably you're probably going to be cutting a quality player there. I think Dalton Reisner is a good fit for the scheme. He should be better there. He's a really good pass protector. And last year I was hard on him early. Guess what? He turned it around and played much better the second half of the season. I actually thought he was a really good uh, pass blocking left guard. One of the better ones I watched last season toward the second half of this uh, second half of the year. Quinn Miners, a lot of upside. Tom Compton, his pest position might actually be right guard. Graham Glasgow can play all three spots as well. And uh, you also have uh, Natane Moody, who's going to be fine. So uh, I'm going to give them a solid B uh, for the interior offensive line. I think this is this is a and this has to do with as much depth as they have too. And Billy Turner could play the interior as well. So you just have so many options uh, with the interior offensive line. I think they're I think it's a solid group. Okay. I think your best offensive lineman is Jake as Jake Matthews is Garrett Bowles at left tackle. And I think He's you got question valuable. marks pretty much at every position on the interior line. My, my first thought was C 
Mm-hmm. Um, you had question mark. You got bullied in the trenches last year. Have you made any definite significant upgrades or have you just added guys that are like for like that are very similar? Reisner was a problem last year. Cushenberry was a problem last year. Glasgow was a problem last year. Um, <clears throat> Miners showed flashes as a rookie, but was still a rookie. Wasn't great. Yeah. You haven't upgraded those spots. Right now you're counting on scheme and guys moving up. So until I see it, you're still talking about a C for me. Yeah, I, I'll push back a little bit. I think early mm-hmm. in the season I would have agreed with you on Reisner, but I really think like his play the second half of the season was really good. Um, His past, he didn't give up hardly any pressures on good. that side, despite having issues uh, with at the center position. So that's uh, I, I'll push back a little bit on that. Uh, Miners, I'm excited to see this season. He's a splash play guy, which for the offensive line, I'd rather have the boring uh, doing the job right every time versus, uh, you know, high variance from the position, but I'm excited to see what he can be as well. And uh, I'm excited about the depth and versatility they have there. This, this, the interior offensive line, you know, you talk, you to write about the starters, but again, mm-hmm. for the offensive line, for me, it's more about the depth and avenues of success rather than having huge plus players in that line. As long as you don't have anybody who is, you know, trash bags out there, you can get what you can scheme it up and help yourself too. The other thing about the offensive line last season that will, uh, is important here for the Broncos in context is the uh, pro football focus just had a study come out last year, talking about the impact of box numbers on EPA per play. And last year Broncos far and away last year had the most players in the box of any team in football. They're also one of the heaviest blitz teams in football. And Teddy Bridgewater was still one of the uh, hot five highest uh, average time to throw in football. That says to me that the offensive line was having a, a harder task than a lot of other teams. And they still were ma- managing to get competency out there. So I think it's going to be better this season with uh, the better quarterback play. Uh, maybe the scheme can help a little bit as well. So I, I I'm going to stick with the B. I think that Cushionberry scares me a lot. Maybe you could talk me into a B minus, but I feel better about the holistic uh, sizable options at the interior offensive line than I do Garrett Bowles plus right tackle. And also it's because your your best right tackles can also move into guard and be good options there. I'm also interested in seeing Glasgow at center. You know, you yeah. could you could improve over the course of the entire season. You could improve two spots if Glasgow goes to center and uh, is, is an upgrade. And then Miners gets the entire time at right guard. Um, so when I mean when I mean last season, I mean the improvement yeah. over the season. I mean, last season, like over the whole of 17 games, you could get better by sliding miners in and moving uh, Glasgow over, potentially, potentially. John Clay eventing, one of our YouTube superstars coming in over here, making sure we get it done on Facebook. Says, morning, gents. Flipped over to Facebook, send stars. I'm just excited about Russ working with the offense in the offseason. I love it. Let's ride. Well, we appreciate you, John Clay eventing. And, you know, we want to just stay real quick, close to the ball, and, and go quarterback from the interior line. Uh, yeah, let's go quarterback now. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much, John Clay, for joining us here. So uh, actually, let's real quick, the whole offensive line, I'm going to give them a a B just because of the depth. I value the depth so much in that position. And this is also pre-draft. It's going to be, we'll probably do this again after the draft where we will even have a better option of this. But I look across the league and I'm grading on the curve here. Across the league, not many teams have as many avenues to success as the Denver Broncos do. I showed you that study or the analysis earlier from Ben Baldwin saying the Broncos are the sixth best pass blocking offensive line in football projected for this season. I don't know if that'll be the case, but if they're lower than top half of the league, I'll be shocked. I think they will be somewhere between 16 and 10 in pass blocking, probably somewhere between 10 and 20 overall offensive line. I'll take that. That's mm-hmm. that should be good enough as long as you're not you need uh 
you need your offensive line to not be bottom 10. As long as they're in the top 20 ish and you have a good enough quarterback and weapons around them, you can have a top 10, top five offense. Uh, we saw it last year. The Bengals had probably a bottom three offense, offense in football. They went all the way just to the bleeping Super Bowl. Uh, you don't want to follow that avenue uh, or that, I guess, that game plan. They obviously attacked the offensive line this year, but you can get by, and the Broncos' offensive line is eons better than that. I think they're closer to what the Rams were last year uh, at this point as well. So it should be an okay unit. You do want to improve the right tackle, especially given the AFC West long-term. You do want to find probably better center play, whether that be Cushion Bear or anybody else. But I'm pretty... Overall, I'm pretty high on how this offensive line can function this season overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm B minus on that across the board. Um, yeah. I think I said, you know, like B and C plus right in there or C and B minus somewhere in there. So I'd go C plus B minus right now. Uh, and Brad D has a, has a good comment. It says your line is only as good as your weakest link. You can scheme around that a little bit, though. You can if you only have one. Now, if you got as two long of as they're not guys, terrible turn styles, you're in trouble. Yeah. But, you know, if you're right tackle, I can I can drop in an H back. Uh, an extra tight end on that side and chip. I can run away from that side. There's a lot of things I can do to help protect one of my weaker links. Um, you know, as long as they're not just, you know, horrendous. And I don't see any of that here. I see competent at worst. Um, that's not, uh, you know, faint praise. I know, but, um, you know, I don't see one of those. Okay. So-and-so just got six sacks against the Cowboys reserve right tackle. I've seen that happen. Yeah. Um, that, that shouldn't be happening here. Uh, Ethan says, all right, let's move on to the good stuff on offense. Let's get out of the trenches. I love the trench talk, but uh, you're absolutely, you have to, if you uh, watch Iowa Hawkeye football, because the skill position player is not typically as fun unless you're talking tight or tight ends, but let's get to quarterback first. Uh, I think the quarterback, maybe this is me being a little bit of a curmudgeon here, but I'm going to go with a minus right now for the quarterback play. Cause I think Russell Wilson is probably closer to the 10th best quarterback than a top four quarterback in the NFL right now. And that's, not because Russell Wilson isn't great or a franchise quarterback. It's just the top level of quarterbacks that are emerging right now are insane. Uh, there's the top level is crazy. I mean, gosh, who knows? So I think he's probably around there. I would probably have him at an a minus. He could definitely push to an a this season, but I need to see what it looks like uh, overall before I'm ready to give him an a. And he, this is probably going to be the only, Ooh, no, I'll, I'll take that back. But the a minus for Russell Wilson right now. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with an A on this because I'm not grading on a curve. Again, I'm not, I don't I don't have just a certain amount of going back to the days of the stars. I'm not limited in how many five stars I can go. If I've got six five star quarterbacks that year, I'll give a six. Mm. Um, it's for me, it's about your performance. Again, I look at a Madden chart. If he's a 98, even if he's the fifth, sixth, seventh best guy, because there's unbelievable guys that are 99s. So yeah. be it. He's still a 98. He's an A for me. Um, his off the, the different things you can do. Plus I think he'll be reinvigorated to yeah. a certain extent playing with things to prove and all of that stuff that it's just going to give him a jolt that is going to be, that the Denver Broncos get to be a beneficiary of. And, you know, his down year down year was like 26 touchdowns and six interceptions. You know, it's his, we talk about floors all the time. His floor has been a B plus. So, yeah. I, the weapons he's got, the excitement that he's got, the, the the extra work that he'll put in the offseason, not just for himself, but for the rest of the team, how the rest of the team rises because they're excited to play like this. All of those things, he's he's a solid A for me. Well, I didn't let you push me in the uh, interior offensive line earlier, but you're going to push me on this one. I'm going to change it to an A. You're, it's, it's, I'm going to give it an A. You're right. It's It's not just the on the field ability too. I think the big thing that sells me on it is the direction of the franchise. And now that we have a 
talented adult in the room. Everybody is like, that's who's the dude. There's no question about it. Everybody's pointing to number three in Denver right now. So the real question, I guess, becomes if, if he's in a, is he going to get a MVP vote for the first time in his career? Yeah. He I mean, hasn't gotten you, one. you've got to make a run, you yeah. know, with very few exceptions, you know, you get to the, you get to the championship game. He takes Denver to the championship game after six straight years of missing the playoffs when he's clearly yeah. the upgrade, the different, I mean, the difference really, I mean, you point to it, say Randy Gregory, maybe, you know, if Randy Gregory gets healthy and goes out and has 20 sacks, that's one thing. But when Russell Wilson takes a seven and 10 team, that was what five and 11 the year before, and you make yeah. a run, he will absolutely get MVP votes. Absolutely. There was a, uh, there was a, I don't remember if it was Twitch or not. There was a comment here about, no, I don't want Alberto um, blocking. And no, I wasn't talking about Alberto blocking. I was talking about bringing in basically a glorified undersized tackle at tight end that you use mm -hmm. in, in that type of set. Lee Smith, Buffalo Bills, played uh, retired this year, uh, fits that bill. So that's how you can help him, you know, when you're playing two tight end sets. Not not Alberto in as, as that type, but you can. You can. Mm -hmm. Mercedes you can have, Lewis. Uh, you, you can do different things, and you can take a guy like that and drop him off the line. You can put him in at fullback. You can do things to help out one weak link. And um, yeah. Jacob Foster, if we're not close, you guys can see the stars because you can see what I can see, and it's that far now <laughs> from yeah. from goal. And Jacob coming in huge again. Thank you so much. We're we're pretty close. Uh, you want to go tight ends? Speaking of tight ends, where where are we at? Where are we at? Yeah, let's do uh, let's do tight ends next. Um, I'm going to give the tight ends a D right now. Maybe that's a little bit rough, but Albert Okwebunam has Albert Okwebunam has not been very healthy uh, in his career, and he's not a very good blocker as well. And Okwebunam, <laughs> Okwebunam, Okwebunam. Um, he has not been very healthy uh, to date. Also. I think this is a team Broncos team that's going to want to live in an 11 personnel. And guess what? If you're living in 11 personnel, your tight end has to be able to block. And that makes me worried about his avenues to the field. Unless the Broncos are just going to kind of give up on that. And, but if you are running 12 or 21 personnel and leaving two of your wide receivers on the bench, a lot of times that's going to be a, that's going to be an issue for me. That's not getting your best personnel out there. That's also not getting the personnel that fits what Russell Wilson does best out there. So that concerns me a bit. I want a little bit more of a complete tight end there um, rather than somebody who is, you know, height, weight, speed, but doesn't play to their size on the line of scrimmage. So that's a concern for me. I do like the Tomlinson signing. What is it? One year, 1 million, something like that. That's, you know, very, that's a fine signing because it's not going to impact. It. It's like a pop quiz in class. Oh, you got a C on the pop quiz. It was worth 0.2% of your grade. Okay, that's fine. Um, and then um, Andrew Beck as well. He's fine. He's not really a difference maker out there, but you have somebody to play a role that uh, maybe you're not going to use so much. So it doesn't matter so much. But right now, I, it's probably a D, D plus right now. I don't really care so much. Again, back to the pop quiz grade. Uh, the offensive line is, or the, the tight end position is not a big part of your final grade. It's just a little blip where you didn't do so well on that single pop quiz. Yeah, I'm a C on here. I think Albert Okwebenam is a competent guy. He's an NFL player. He's Right now, average. C. C is average. Um, that's that's where I am on that. And then, um, you know, you don't have a lot behind it. But again, if you look around the league, there aren't a lot of weapons at the tight end position. There's mm -hmm. there's not. 
So, you know, he he's coming off about 330 yards, I think, last year as the number one guy could be in the 600, 700 range. That's pretty good. I, I think uh, for me, he's an average NFL tight end right now. C is average. So I'm going, I'm going C. And then most people don't have two. So I'm not too worried about who's behind him right now. Most people don't have two weapons at the tight end position because most of the teams, when you go all down the roster of 32, they don't have one that is yeah. a is a is a real threat uh for sure. And uh Eddie coming in, Eddie Frutos had a, a question I wanted to answer. He says, When is free agency over? In a sense, never. Never. In a sense, <laughs> it's it's never over. If a guy is not under contract, you can bring him in pretty much whenever you want to. Um, that where it starts talking about is when are the guys on the last years of their deal, when do their contracts expire? And then when does it open again to start signing those guys? And that happened like March 1st or whenever it was. So that's where um, that's where you get the idea of free agency is starting. That's when a new batch of players comes in because their their contracts have expired for that year. But free agency, you know, if if uh, if Melvin Gordon's sitting around in December and isn't playing and hasn't signed a contract with anybody, you can sign him. You can bring him in in December for the stretch run. Uh, it's crazy to me. I think there should almost be a lock on you know, a little bit sooner than that on when the playoff roster should be locked for, for that. But, you know, we're players. I mean, aren't players being brought in in the middle of playoffs? I mean, yep. Eric Weddle. I mean, if they were really good, they'd be, you know, they'd be on rosters. But that's that's a little strange to me, honestly. Yeah, it's but you can do that in a monopoly, you know, yeah. because it's not like it's not like there is this incredible Canadian football league or, or, or uh, Central American football league where these guys are just awesome players. And their season just ended, and you're going to bring in the star running back from the Mexico City Diablos. You know, all the best players are, are already here because you run a monopoly. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to switch my tight end grade to a D plus. Um, I'm I loved Eric Tomlinson signing. He's that good of a uh, blocker, and I I've been screaming for a good blocking tight end in a while. Uh, Broncos definitely need a more all around tight end. Maybe Alberto Bunam can become that. I think with Nathaniel Hackett's recent comments, the team maybe doesn't uh, view it that way, <laughs> but. Uh, We'll see. Um, Mark Schrader saying, give the tight end to see Albert Okwebenam is still a question mark. Yes, he is still a question mark. And the depth and avenues uh, for success behind him aren't great. That said, it's a deep tight end class this year. Uh, you don't have to take one. I think the Broncos should. They will take a tight end in this class. I would be looking for one day three. I think that's where you're going to see a lot of value at the tight end position in this draft class. But uh, who knows? I know Trey McBride ran a five or a, excuse me. A four, five, eight, four, five, three. We just, four, five, you know, four fives. He was in the four fives, which is good for his size and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I don't think he played that fast on film. It's kind of, he's the opposite of Kyle Hamilton who played much faster than what he ran. Um, but he's a, he's a, if he's there at 64, even though I don't value the tight end position and Russell Wilson doesn't utilize the tight end position as much compared to the wide receivers, as far as EPA per play, um, <clears throat> Still, you want to have good players out there and uh, different avenues to succeed. I'd be fine with the pick at 64. I'm just not looking to. I definitely wouldn't trade up for him. All right. Here's my question on here. Um, Alberto, is he is he a question mark or is he just you You know what you've at least got, right? No, he's a question mark because he's been injured his first two seasons. He hasn't okay. played. Uh, so you can't if you don't know that you can count on him. Yeah, then that, that's a question mark. OK. And that's why my, my idea is a lot for me. Then, then OK, I, I agree with you on that because um I wasn't being the number two guy. I wasn't sure if he was just number two and he wasn't being used or if, you know, he had been. So, okay. I, I that's a, it's a good shout. He's uh, missed a lot of games. Howie freaking day coming in with some big freaking stars. 
just pop in and say, go Broncos. Let Russ cook Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate you, Howie. Thank you so much. Pop in anytime. We don't mind the pop in here at Broncos for breakfast. Seinfeld no. shout out. That show went off the air in 98. Ah, that was a good year. The home run chase. The, the home with uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark it's McGuire. Just, Broncos winning Super Bowl. That was a long time ago, and it just doesn't seem that long ago. I mean, yeah, I said you make. I was sitting in a sitting in a room with a bunch of twenty somethings. You couldn't make Seinfeld references. They didn't know what the hell you were talking about. Like, uh, Friends has gotten better. Friends has had a uh, you know a, a rebirth. So pr- yeah. for the people get the Friends, but you know Friends and Seinfeld for nineties kids, it was it. Ah, Scott, uh, we got like that one. This is one I wanted to get to. Yep. I'm going to steal this one from you. I'm going to by just reading uh, DWI guys here. Ethan, wide receivers has to be an A. Has to be an A. I think so. I think so. There again, there's question marks here, but you know at least what you've got. If you go yeah. wide receivers and you think I've got three good ones, I've got three good receivers at least. Jerry Judy is good. Tim Patrick is good. Cortland Sutton is good. Two of those three, and depending on how you feel about Patrick as a possession guy, two of those three have a potential to be great. And then a wild card is KJ Hamler. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty darn good about the wide receiver position going into the 2022 season for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm between an A and an A minus mm-hmm. just because I need to see what it looks like. And there are some pretty good again, I can't I can't help it. I look around the league and use those as bars to grade our team as well. I do think about it on a curve a bit as what is the league like right now comparatively? You know, there's never been more talented wide receiver play in the NFL than there is now, which is kind of crazy because these guys are getting paid crazy contracts. But still, I think I'll I'll, I'll go with the A here. It's close. It's a low A, though. It's like right on that, like. You know, if a 90, 90 to 93 or 90 to 92 is an A minus, they're like a 93, uh, which is right there. I need to see what Jerry Judy looks like with Russell Wilson, because, again, it's the if you look at Russell Wilson's heat map historically year over year, the middle of the field is blue. He does not utilize that. And that's one of the reasons his uh, completion percentage over expected is always near the top in the entire league. It's because he's hitting plays outside the hash mark down the field where other quarterbacks aren't hitting them and he has to hit those at a higher rate to be successful because of how limited he is working the middle of the field, Jerry Judy on the daggers and the ends and all working from the slot. I want to see what that looks like uh, with Jerry Judy. I just, I don't think it's a clean, Oh, we have a better quarterback. Now Jerry Judy is going to be a star. I I need to see what it looks like with Russell Wilson. I don't know if it's actually the best pairing for where I see Ju- Judy winning versus where I know Russ has attacked the field. I feel um, like Jerry Judy can be the out, the outlet the uh, the safety net um, broken place when he extends yeah. when when Russell Wilson extends a play, who's the guy that's going to be coming across the middle, coming back to the ball the most, and then having good uh, run after the catch type of yards. Yeah. Um, you can scheme to him, of course, but every broken play, I feel like the number one option at the top is going to be is going to be Jerry Judy, and and again, when you've got three good ones, mm-hmm. a couple of them have potential to be great. You yeah. feel pretty good about that. And uh, let me see. It scrolled down a little bit. Um, I want to get this one real quick. Yeah, um, go ahead. Jeremy says, uh, if Wilson can utilize Judy like Lockett, we could be rolling. I don't see Judy as much as a uh, a Lockett comparison as I do KJ Hamler, uh, the small speed guy who is going to win on slot fades and burn you deep and create space like that. Uh, I think one of my favorite comparisons for KJ Hamler coming out of Penn State was Tyler Lockett. They have very similar body types. They win similarly. I think Lockett was much better at 
Kansas State winning contested catches down the field. But uh, I think KJ Hamler fits that mold a little bit more. I think if there's any player you want to look at Jerry Judy and or for Russell Wilson's career and be like, Jerry Judy can win like that guy. It's probably Doug Baldwin. I think that is the name to look for much more of a route runner winning vertically, some middle of the field stuff. Still a lot of it's like outs and the hitches and slot fade stuff, but uh, we'll see. I am over the moon excited for Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton though. Those two guys should dominate with uh, Russell Wilson, the way they win. I am so excited uh, to see what those two do this season with uh, Russell Wilson and this offense. I'm excited that Steve's coming in with some stars. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate you. And then Gabe coming in saying, is there a wide receiver in this draft that can crack our solid wide five wives? Yes. Several like Mm -hmm. a dozen. Um, Mm -hmm. How many of those will be available when you're picking? That's a different question. Um, Then there's, then you start getting uh, a little bit more limited, you know, does uh, first pick 64. That's right. Yep. First pick 64. Then it becomes a little more interesting. Can you get a guy that can, can, can crack that rotation at 64? I still say yes. Uh, I know you've got a few guys in mind, Nick. Yeah, I really like, uh, I'm looking for, this is kind of maybe something where some people are like, why do you care about that, Nick? In today's NFL, where teams are playing nickel and dime package, no matter what personnel you're playing, uh, you need to have, you need to be able to run the football effectively out of 11 personnel. It's something that the Rams have made a, Sean McVay specifically has made an offense out of being able to run out of 11 personnel. And in order to run out of 11 personnel with against light boxes to make teams have to roll down into cover three looks or cover one looks or even stick in base, you need your wide receivers to be good blockers on the outside. They need to be able to function and crack block, come up and take a linebacker or a safety from the backside to create space and be physical. So I'm looking for a wide receiver who has a physicality to block in the run game. That also likely means some special teams ability as well. If you're physical enough to block on the offense, you're probably physical enough to play special teams. I really like if he's there at 75, John Mechie. I know he's coming off the injury. It has to be clean as well, but you're talking about a guy who's probably going top 50 before that injury. And now you can get him 75, 96, maybe Uh, that as long as you're not worried about the long-term health for him, that would be awesome. I would have no issue with that. I know that wide receiver isn't a long-term need, but this is more about setting yourself up roster wise and cap wise for the future. I mean, we're seeing what the wide receivers are getting paid right now. And if you can have yourself a young cost controlled guy on a rookie contract for the next four years, that makes it so you can pay an offensive tackle or pay Russell Wilson a little bit more or pay another edge rusher or keep uh, somebody like that. I don't know. Uh, somebody coming up like a Draymond Jones. Um, you need to be able to find those margins. And the, with the way the wide receiver market is exploding, exploding you're going to need some cost controlled options there and gabe saying who's the odd man out of that five now right now i've only got three in sutton patrick judy so everybody else is working to get into four and five as far as i'm concerned yeah hammer will get in there uh he'll have to be healthy yes that's the Uh, point he's not in there yet he's he's definitely not in there yet so so gabe i've only got three there's two spots up for grabs yeah um noah coming in with the metaphors appreciate you noah coming in green so we're going to Will Smith the crap out of the Chiefs this year. You can even say we're going to rock them. So, yes, yes. Wah, wah. <laughs> Appreciate you coming in. Um, it's going to be interesting. You're uh, you're not coming in with one hand tied behind your back, that's for sure. No. So it'll be, uh, it'll be more of a fair fight looking yep. forward to. And it's just still March. What do we no. got? The 31st, last day of March? Still March. 
It's yep, tomorrow is draft month. Woo-hoo. It is. We're getting there. April. April showers, baby. Hopefully not as much here in the Pacific Northwest. It's been so dreary here. Uh, Seth Williams makes the five wide receiver spot. Definitely possible. Uh, he's the thing about the fifth wide receiver spot is, and this is again, it's going to get some eye rolls from some people here. You have to play special teams. You have to be able to play special teams. Otherwise you don't have an avenue to the field because you're not going to be on the offense as much. It's the third phase. So Seth Williams, definitely possible. But if he's not working as a gunner, a returner, a blocker, et cetera, et cetera, in the special teams unit, he's going to be a game day inactive and not be my fifth wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to, he's good. Unless you're a top three, then you got to play special teams for sure. And even then, um, I did not, uh, I didn't mean, Kayleon, I don't, I'm not sure what this is in reference to. I think, oh, he's in defensive end. Mm-hmm. We need a defensive end. Uh, I can't believe we haven't taken one high in this long. I don't know exactly what you mean by defensive end because you could be talking the edge rusher. Chubb, or you could be Chubb talking. The yeah. Yeah. I shout out to George Payton because he used the word edge, edge when he was talking the other day. God bless him. We've, we've come, we have an actual GM who uses t- <laughs> current terminology for players. Once he says off ball linebacker, I'm going to fall out of my chair. Um, but uh, definitely uh, the Broncos edge, I think is the biggest concern right now because the guys you were relying on, you can't really depend on uh, Randy Gregory. Oh, he should be go, good to go by the start of the season. Uh-oh. Should be good to go? And how long is he going to be until he's feeling healthy, if at all? This sounds like I'm getting some Bradley Chubb red flags here. Speaking of Chubb, yeah, I don't he's, know about and, him. Uh, Kalian's talking about the uh, the defensive line that aren't oh. in the 3-4. Three, the 3-4. Three, so the McTelvin Uh mm-hmm. Yeah, Draymond Jones, McTelvin Ajim. They took McTelvin Ajim two years ago. Uh, pretty oh, the high second, pick. wasn't it? That was a pretty high pick. He was the 95th overall pick. That's why he wears 95. Third, okay. Late third. Late third. Yep. yep. So this is the year. It typically takes defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen drafted in that range. Two years, two off seasons of off season conditioning and uh, weight training to get there. So uh, this is a big year for him. Um, and we have special teams. We better have it this year. You might. You might this year. You might this year. Maybe yeah. that was the problem. We forgot. Like, what, what do we need players yeah. for special teams for? We don't play special teams, at least not well. And we still got one more position, Scott. Uh, Saved, even though they don't matter, uh, the running back. Running position. back. So, yeah, yeah, we didn't grade that. You know, I did that just to uh, just to make sure that Ethan was still with us here till the end. Yeah, his favorite. Um, running back, I'm going to give the running back position a solid B right now uh, because Mike Boone has a huge question mark. Behind Mike Boone is Demaria Crockett, who is probably just borderline rosterable kind of player. And I really like Javante Williams, but last year he, he was a little bit too boomer bust for me out of the gate. And I had a little bit of questions with his patience and vision. And that is something that is a concern for the wide zone scheme, given how patience and vision is probably one of the most important things for him. So uh, I think he's going to be fine. He played much better down the second half of the season as well uh, with the not being so much tackled behind the line of scrimmage or being stuffed, but it is a question mark until it's not. And don't know about Mike Boone as well. So I'm going to give them a a B plus and feel solid about that. Uh, Williams is a good player. Maybe not a top three running back right now, and you don't have. Did you, you don't just know change about your grade in the middle of it? Because I did. I go from. I, was, I meant to say B plus. B. I meant to say B plus. Excuse okay, me. okay, because that's where I was too. I'm like, okay, I'm going to grade a little bit higher than Nick on this one. Like, Wait a minute, <laughs> I was going to do B plus. I don't remember hearing that. Excuse me, I meant um, B plus. So yeah, I go B plus too because I think you've got a legit, really good number one. Um, not necessarily on that stratosphere of the elite guys yet but can be you know let's 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 regrade here you know the the small ish sample size of of a rookie you know now what happens when you're getting 25 carries six weeks in a row you know what do you what are you going to look like then 
So I would go, uh, I would go B plus for now. Um, it's still a strength. Running back is a strength. What would you do? Uh, what would you grade it if they signed back Melvin Gordon? Let's say a two year a minus for sure. You know, because then you've got he's a he's a he's a B back, a B plus back, and you take you give me two, you give me an A an A minus and a B plus, and you're you're talking about an A A there. So yep. uh, very, I'd be very happy with him back again. Contract doesn't bother me as long as it doesn't prohibit you from taking someone else. If when you're starting to knock on the door of the salary cap, which you're not really yet, there's still a plenty of space there. Then I start worrying about, okay, did he get five instead of four? Did he get six instead of four? Then I'll start worrying about it. At this point, what, you know, what turns into a one year, three and a half, $4 million deal for Melvin Gordon, I think it'd be pretty good business. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that one. So uh, yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, I think if he if you brought in Melvin Gordon, I'd give him an A. Uh, Melvin does have to cut down on his fumbles. I'm concerned about that, but he's a damn good uh, pass protector, which I value a lot in my running back. You kind of have to have that, and uh, <clears throat> that would really solidify the room this season. And I think that as much as people want Russ to cook, become like a what is a 60, 65, 35 pass run split, there are a lot of people who are much smarter than me when it comes to scheme and X's and O's that say that. The, the amount of routes that are in Russell Wilson can throw and you can utilize, you probably need to be closer to a 55 45 split his uh, typically. So that means you're probably still going to be leaning on the running game a good bit to utilize the middle of the field and to try to draw bodies into the middle of the field. So, and take advantage of when teams are playing too high or playing light boxes. So getting another running back, I think is still something to consider. And I know that I'm very much a, I actually had uh Robbie uh, who was on a show last night with uh, Benjamin Albright and Ryan Edwards. And they referenced me because uh, he said that Broncos should take Chad Muma at 64 if he's there. And they said, oh, Nick hates linebackers. Nick Kendall, linebackers don't matter. I'm like, I, I don't hate linebackers. I just hate first round top 10 <laughs> picks, top 20 picks at linebacker. When you're at 64 and you, that's your best guy available, it's already so hard to get good players that far. Take the best guys. You can bake in positional value still, but you should take the best one guys. Thing, I'm never going to say that to an NFL linebacker because they may, may be the scariest dudes on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm t I think I'm as tall as Josie Jewel, and I'll say it to him. He's he's nice and quiet, so uh, I'll just tease him about that. No, um, but at 64, I think you know if linebacker's the best player available, there, that's fine. And if you think I'm tongue in cheek, you know linebackers don't matter. Me talking about running backs is even more so. But with where the Broncos are picking, if Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker are there at 64, I'm take take the pick. I love Javonta Williams. Those are guys who would go. You know, those guys would have gone top 20 in the draft 10 years ago. And because of the way the, the position is changing, the devalued nature, um, they're not they're going to start fa falling more and more. But Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall are very good running backs, and everybody screenshot that one. I'm complimenting an Iowa State player. You won't hear that very often from me, but very good running backs. And if they're there at 64, I'll take them. Um, so that's I guess that goes to show uh, the positional value talk. It, it changes depending on where you're picking in the draft. It's there's ranges where you need to probably look elsewhere. Uh, in the draft just to protect yourself. Well, that's the whole, that's the whole idea of value. Yep, exactly. Yep. But that's, you know, that's just want to add value. So Nick, we're at a minute, uh, an hour going on seven. We're in the yep. 67th minute of the pod. Uh, yep. I think it's probably about time you get us out of here. Absolutely. So can we run through the grades one more time? Uh, I can't just... remember what I gave her, but yeah, no, that's fine. Go ahead. Um, uh, we gave, we gave, the, uh, I think we gave him a B minus. I think you gave maybe a C. Oh my God. That's the biggest number I ever saw in my life. 
those are pounds too so you got to round up and this is closing out march it's not just closing out the show i'm we're done (laughs) thanks everybody done for the day speechless closing out march with a bang you know and again someone said to me when 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 i think ethan did something like this at the beginning and someone said in here chat is like y'all are focusing too much on the money or something like that i'm like it's it is absolutely humbling. It is. What yeah. I mean, what am I supposed to say? It is it's humbling that that y'all would do this for us because of us. It's it's 100% humbling. So Yeah. Speechless. Uh Ethan offense, offense is a 4.0 cuz is a great A, the closer. Yeah. So I'm going to leave that up here while we run through. Yeah. Um I think I C plus B minus at tackle. I went C for interior line i went b and i I went c at tight end i went d plus at tight end wide receiver we both went a quarterback we went a and running back we went b plus so overall the offense that comes out to probably a b plus overall offense Mm -hmm. where the offensive line is still the area that we are the least confident in the starters but it'd be fun sometimes to kind of talk like uh ceiling floor as well maybe that's a discussion if you take the value say okay if i've got a competent o-line and i've got plus at the skill positions yeah. I should be a pretty damn good offense. Yep. You know, um, if I'm below par at the offensive line or I've got a couple of gigantic holes and it doesn't really matter what I have at the skill position players to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know people want to po- point to the, um, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, but the, the Bengals damn near missed the playoffs. You know, they yeah. were 10 and seven and almost got their quarterback killed. So it's, there's outliers in there for yeah. sure. But, you know, over the course of 17 games, you cannot be that bad on the offensive line and, and, and expect to be an elite team. They were 10 and 7. They were a good team. They got hot. That happens. Yep. That's why you want to just make sure you're in the dance. Yeah, um, quarterback, I'm an A. Yep. Straight A. 4.0 yep. A. Like, uh, like uh, the red I see up there. Um, running back, B+. Plus. And again, with some of these, you, you got a potential to go A plus at, at uh, you've got a potential to go A plus at wide receiver. You got a potential to go from B plus to A at running back. You've got a potential to go C plus up to. So I'm almost grading the floors of these guys, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, you got a potential to go at tight end C. C should be the worst. This should be yeah. the lowest these grades are. So we'll do this again mid-season for sure and we'll we'll keep track of these and say okay where are we now how do we do where did they improve yeah and the other thing about the grades as well is i was working on a formula just kind of uh spitting it out there to come out with like an out of 100 grade for a team and quarterback offense for the offensive grade quarterback was 50 percent of the overall grade it's kind of like your, if your final test is like yeah. okay everything you've done to this point is only 50 percent, and then your final test is 50 that's how valuable Probably, the quarterback when is. we did when we did recruiting rankings uh at scout i gave um positional grades i gave them different points because it was based on weighted however the ranking was a point it was a point factor if you got five stars it was worth x amount of points the positions were worth x amount of points and Centers and punters, you know, they weren't worth the same amount as a five-star center wasn't worth the same amount of points as a five-star quarterback. Nope. Good gracious. That's got to be it. Michael had to have done it on this side too. That that had to have been the number that put us over, Michael. Me coming, Eric saying, good morning, Mike, Nick, and good morning, Nick and Scott, Broncos for breakfast crew and Broncos country. Have a great day, Eric. 
you have a great day. You have a great day, too. Um, want to tell Wyatt. So I definitely wouldn't tell the outlaw linebackers don't matter. If he destroyed Henry, I can only imagine me getting hit. Yeah, like I said, the, the linebackers are the guys that I could give them my best shot and probably just end up breaking my hand or wrist or both. And then I couldn't outrun them. So yeah. we're going to be friends. We're, we're going to be good friends. Um, Dave, Dave Malt, Dean, I'm sorry, Dean Maltby coming in also. I feel like that's a little bit of a new name, Dean, coming in with some stars saying, have a great day. And Dean, welcome to the show. Find us on Twitter and, and say hello. And Ron Stanick. Again, that feels like a newer name to me also. So hit us up on Twitter. Make sure you're, you're following us uh, with some stars. And like I said, Michael coming in with the number that should have put us over the top. It looks like it, it looks like we're there. And if we're not, we're 50 cents off. So <laughs> it's got to be close when it updates tonight. Tune in tonight to uh, the Mile High Huddle. The Huddle Up Pod with Nick, not with Nick. Who's ever, who's on tonight? I'm so flustered. It should be with Chad Generosity, Nick, bail me out here because I'm I'm literally, I'm not speechless. I'm just a babbling idiot. Stuttering there a little bit. It's okay, Scott. You can go take a lap. Um, we're gonna get ourselves out of here. Thank you guys for joining us today. Make sure you're tuning in tonight to join Chad and Zach for a Huddle Up episode. Make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. And while you're there. Please follow us at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you guys hit the like button on the way out. It says we have 60. Good number there, uh, considering the, the volume of people that we have in here. So uh, make sure you're hitting the thumbs up, the like, like react, the angry react. We got an angry from Zebulon. Thank you, Zebulon. I'm I'm angry about giving the tight ends a D plus two, but uh, sometimes it works out that way. Uh, subscribe, like, and share on YouTube. Also, make sure you're following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And uh, Apple folks, Apple podcast folks, if you go to iTunes, make sure you find the Huddle Up podcast. Scroll down. Please leave us a five star rating and a review. It helps us a heck of a lot. Uh, get out there. Um, if you haven't done so yet, do it. Uh, if you thought you were a four, we were a four star show before, and now we're five, go back there and change your update. Uh, we'd appreciate you. You know, I changed Four my grades a few times. Four. You guys can do that too. If I can change my grades, you can. So uh, we appreciate you. And again, again, YouTube, subscribe, like, and share. Uh, we probably got to get on out of here. Any more that uh, chats you want to get to? Well, Dave coming in, taking my 50 cents to heart, saying I can help with that. And he didn't. I'm looking at it too. Y'all can see it on Facebook. You can scroll over and see that thing move over. And there's just a slight, slight hint there. Save it for them. They're, uh, they can get the glory tonight as you hit goal. We'll be at 99 cents and say, we did the heavy lifting. You take the glory. You can be the quarterback. We'll be the offensive lineman. <laughs> Doing the work. Getting it in the morning. The Absolutely. Thank you, John Clay, for your support as well over on Facebook. Um, yeah, yeah I think should... this is a good idea. We haven't done that. Um, they do that in the evenings. Nick and I haven't done something like that yet, but it's uh, absolutely something we can do. Um, Ethan, uh, Ethan wasn't afraid to let us know his name. You know, sometimes when people have, hide behind a, a a persona of sort, but that's a, a business persona. So yeah, uh, we can absolutely do something like that. Um, no problem at all. So uh, Ethan and I stay in touch via email. So we'll we'll figure something out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, make sure you hit a like on the way out. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe to us on YouTube, please. And uh, share the sh share the show to your social media pages, wherever you listen. If you have some Bronco Mouthful fans, friends. Valley sells seashells. Yeah, that's Share the shows on social media. Wait, what? <laughs> Going to have a great time. Happy last day of March, everybody. We will see you again Monday morning. 
on April 4th. Um, and uh, everyone have a great, safe, healthy weekend. Stay safe. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.